0: descend upon us at this hour. We've been told by a gallery of characters as diverse as Douglas MacArthur, Thomas Edison, and Aldous Huxley that there are no substitutes for victory, hard work, and talent, respectively. Does that imply that there can be no satisfactory substitute for anything? Well, suppose you were condemned to death. How about a substitute who would walk that last mile for you?
1: But I didn't kill him, Lieutenant. Come on, Mr. Raglin. You're only wasting time. I tell you, I'm innocent. You sent him that bottle of liquor. It was poison. But I... It was a birthday gift. The note was in your handwriting. I have the testimony of the clerk at the store. He remembers selling you this bottle. Okay. Now, let me ask you, if I did kill him, would I be crazy enough to leave so many clues pointing to me? Sure. Because maybe that's the truth. You figure the members of the jury will ask that same question. Would he be crazy enough to leave all those clues? Well, I wish you luck. Because you're gonna find out the hard way.
0: Our mystery drama, 45 minutes. Murder, written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Larry Haynes. It is sponsored in part by Anheuser-Busch Incorporated, Brewers of Budweiser and Beard's Motor Division. I'll be back shortly for that one. We are told thou shalt not The laws, both secular and divine, define murder as the ultimate crime for which the ultimate penalty must be exacted. And yet, deep or not so deep in all of us is a bloodlust, and some of us satisfy it actively, while most of us, fortunately, are happy to indulge it vicariously. After all, isn't that why you listen to our program? What you want is murder. Yeah. Well, you got here just in time. The body is still warm. The
1: deceased is a female, white, age 50, named Emma Martindale. Her death was caused by an injection of hydrocyanic acid. What's that, Doc? It's also known as plastic acid, Lieutenant Oh. It's one of the most deadly and quick-acting of all the poisons. Uh-huh. How was it administered? It was in a bottle of cognac with someone that sent to your husband, evidently. Now, uh, Doc, you say quick-acting. How quick? The dose you took? Oh, mm. yeah, just a couple of minutes. And the guy who sent it, Hachey, the killer, he sent it. It's open and, it, it, it and stuck. <laughs> my sympathy on the death of your wife. Don't say the death of my wife, Lieutenant. Say the murder. Tell me what you know, Mr. Martindale. James Raglan has always hated me. James Raglan, why? Why? He envies me my talent, my success, my position as vice president of Calloway Chemicals. Uh-huh. A job he thinks should have been given to him. Why, he's so extravagant, wasteful. The way he spends money, we'd be bankrupt in a year. Well, if he hated and envied you, why should he kill her? and he better Stupidity? Here. Here, read this. It's card. Uh, to Emmett on your birthday, to be sick, slowly. It was delivered to the house this morning with the bottle of cognac. The poisoned bottle of cognac. Find Jim Rodlin. Okay, tell me exactly what happened. Uh, I said I didn't expect a gift from Jim Radley, and so I... I called Emma into my study. A gift from Jim. leave the card, darling. It's fine, Jim. It's hand It must be a practical joke. Remarkable
0: after all these years. I
1: always wanted to be reconciled with Jim. And since he's taken the first step, well, I... I'm going to open this bottle and drink to it. But better way. I dare you. What? Oh, pour some for me, too. But darling, you never drink. no, but this does call for celebration. <laughs> it certainly does. It means Jim has finally matured. Oh, it's going to help at the office if Jim is willing to pull his weight finally. I suppose a double taste. Your no, don't remind and me. On the flowering or the reflowering of a friendship. Uh, 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 we were holding our glasses aloft, as you do when we coast, and it seemed to me that I noticed a kind of cloudiness in the cognac. I wondered what it might be. It was Johnson's, one of the most expensive cognacs you can buy. Well, this might have been a defective bottle. I was going to say. Let's not drink this just yet, darling. But she had already swallowed a game.
0: Aren't you going to drink yours, Emmett?
1: Oh, Emma, dear, I, uh. Do uh, you, you notice anything strange about the cognac? Strange? Well, I don't really know enough about that. <laughs> no, I mean, the, the, the taste. Well, I don't know how it's supposed to taste. Well, it kind of rips my imagination. Oh. Uh, oh, uh, yes. What? Well. Maybe I'm not You, but you used to what? To... Emmett Oh, Emmett oh, I can't. But you would Have No Marguerite no. Marguerite oh. I'll call a doctor uh-huh. <Harley> <clears throat> He was dead When help arrived really, There was nothing Anyone could do And now You know everything Oh, thank you, Mr. Martindale. No, no, Lieutenant. You, you don't know everything. Oh. I had every intention of killing Jim Raglan. killing him with my bare hands. But your officer's me to it. You said, Jim, you arrested him. Oh, you'll have to let justice take its course. Well, that's a superfluous remark. Certainly, I, I expect justice to take its course. If he doesn't, I'll take my own. Mr. Ragland? Who are you? Lieutenant Cooper, homicide. I didn't kill her. You didn't mean to kill her. You sent a bottle of poison cognac to him. I didn't send a bottle of poison cognac to anybody. Now, Mr. Ragland, I want to help you. If you want to help me, you'll find out who's trying to frame me. Did you send Mr. Martindale a birthday gift? Yes. You don't deny it. But it wasn't poison. It was Dunstan's cognac, a hundred years old. It cost $200. Isn't that a lot of money to spend on a birthday gift? Well, especially for a person you really don't care for. Who told you that? Do you like Mr. Martindale? Are you in the habit of getting him gifts on his birthday? Well, I just thought we had been a short point long enough. Sword point? Well, it's just that we disagree on money. He hates to spend it. I decided it would be better for the firm if we pull together, or if you could pull along. I only wanted to make peace with him, but two hundred dollar present? I a good present." The business required both of us to work in harmony. I was stuck in the company. Well, we have the note in your handwriting. Would I be such a fool? Well, sure. Murder is basically a fool's occupation. All you have is Emmett's word for it. For what? That the cognac I sent him is the same cognac that poisoned his wife. Listen. Suppose he wanted to kill her. Why? Well, suppose the cognac arrives and has the note in my handwriting. He gets a sudden flash of inspiration. He opens it. He spikes it with the poison. Yeah. Fine. Where would he get the poison? We're well, in the chemical business. He's a chemist. He has a laboratory in the house. He gets his wife to drink some of the cognac. And here I am, in jail, the killer. Well, you must admit it sounds a bit far <laughs> I don't admit anything. Mr. Radwin, make it easy on yourself, huh? Eh? Anytime you're ready to make a statement, why use you... it? I'll have your badge. I'll see this town for Paul Celeste. How dare you accuse me? Now, look, Mr. Ryan. Why don't you go to Barnaby's liquor store on 4th and Van Buren? That's why I bought the cognac. I said, give me a bottle of Dunstan. He got it. I said, black and put this card inside. He did it. And then I said, deliver it. There was no way I could have poisoned that cognac. <laughs> Remember, Lieutenant. <laughs> I don't sell a bottle of Dunstan's every day, you know what I mean? Very few liquor stores even carry that quality. Now, he came in here, asked for the Dunstan's. He wrote a note. Yeah, he said, just wrap it and put this note inside, which I did. Uh-huh. So, now we have this wrapped package. Now, tell me the next thing that happened. The next thing he said, I want this delivered. your sure thing? Right now. It- to Mister Emmett Martindale, thirteen Pleasant Drive. Oh, well, my delivery guy won't come in until noon. Well, that's more than an hour from now. I'd like to deliver it delivered at once. Well, it's only an hour away. All right. Suppose we forget the whole thing. Oh no, wait, wait, let, let us not be hasty. Uh, you stay here a minute, watch the place, will you? I'll run next door to the grocery. Maybe this guy will help. You ran next door to market with this place. Uh, we do favors for each other, see? But his kid was already on And uh, You left Mr. Ragnum and the package all alone in your store? Yeah. <laughs> How long? Oh, I, I don't know. We're a couple of minutes. Think very carefully. Was he carrying anything? Yeah. Uh, uh, one of them, can I say, you? Sure. Yeah. Positive. Then he did have the opportunity to switch bottles. Now, the point is, he was alone with the package. Well, sure, sure. He was alone with every package in the store. I see. And then what did you do? I went back, and I told him straight out, I can't deliver this for at least an hour. Yes, then can't, Oh, no, wait. Wait, wait. Let, let, let me think. Yes. Yeah. It took me ten minutes to get the flushing. Ten minutes back. I can close the store for 20 minutes or a half hour. Look, I'll deliver it myself. And then what happens? What do you think? I delivered the package. Uh, I want you to explain every detail of that delivery. Okay, I uh, I drive up to the door, I park the car, I ring the bell. Yes? Hey, good, yes, <laughs> Oh, uh, I got a package here for Mr. Martindale. From whom? From Mr. James Radlin. Hey, hey, uh, what's your name? Are you sure it's from Mr. James Radlin? i lost my heart and hope to die. Uh, oh, wait here. Yeah. With that, he leaves me standing at the door. Now, from inside, I hear voices. What kind of voices? Voices. So what? Well, I, I couldn't hear. It isn't more than a minute. And she comes back. Uh, thank you. Uh, that'll be all. Uh what time do you get off tonight, honey? Uh-huh. You know, I did, Lieutenant. You win some, you lose some. Yeah, yeah. Would you know exactly what time that was? You bet I know every minute was costing me money. It was exactly nine minutes after eleven. <laughs> Your name is Marguerite Willis.
0: Yes, officer.
1: And, uh, just after 11 this morning, a man delivered a package. by bottle of cognac for Mr. Martindale. Uh, I brought it into him. Oh, uh, tell me, why did you ask the delivery man to wait? Well, <laughs> I couldn't believe Mr. Ragland would send Mr. Martindale a present. Why not? Well, uh, I couldn't say this, perhaps, but there's always been that bad blood between them. I see. Tell me what happened when you brought the present to Mr. Martindale. A gift for you, for Mr. Raglan. Are you sure? What well, could be right? Well, we'll find out. Uh, you can leave the room if you like, Marguerite. It could be a bomb. Well, yeah. what's this. It's a bottle of cognac. Not just cognac, it's dented cognac. That is it's fool. Maybe he wants to poison me. But with Dunstan? <laughs> Nobody would poison uh, with a bottle of Dunstan. Uh, could be worth two, three hundred dollars. It's just too much money. Emma. Emma, dear. Come in here. It's a gift from Jim. A gift from Jim? Um, I... Walked out of the room, and I began to dust the parlor. I could hear them talking about it. He opened the bottle. He said that he'd join them. How long did that take? Just as long as it takes to tell you. Next thing I know, I hear them yell for me to call a doctor. Did you? Well, I was standing near the phone, so I just lifted it and called the police emergency number for an ambulance. And they came right away? Oh, yes. Yes. Right away. Thank you, Miss Willis. I guess that's all
0: that's all that's all for whom it could be all for Mr. James Raglan, but you know it can't be as simple as this after all it's only the end of act one we'll have the usual quota of surprises set up for act two and it's for act three well, but uh, let Take them one at a time. I'm Hyman Brown, producer-director of the CBS Radio Mystery Theater, inviting you to a week of supernatural history. Beginning this Sunday, July 4th, we'll celebrate this bicentennial with seven new and original dramas of suspense, rooted in America's past. In The Angels of Devil's Mountain, for instance, a 20th century man becomes one with a revolutionary soldier. Listen, are you telling me he's the reincarnation of the soldier in the painting? All I'm saying is he's the same soldier. And when you drove through here, something came out of him he, he felt that terrible pain again. We'll take you back to the revolution with Thomas Jefferson and George Washington. To the civil war with Lincoln. Exciting stories of intrigues, spies, and ghosts. Be sure to join us each night next week for seven dramas of supernatural history on CBS Radio Mystery Theater at 10.30 every night
1: on WBBM News Radio 78.
0: French say, which means everyone to his own taste. All too soon, we become enslaved by our tastes and form habits, which lead to patterns of action, and to these we remain true. If we are rash and impulsive, we do everything in a rash and impulsive manner, including murder. If, on the other hand, we are devious and complicated, we do everything in a devious and complicated manner, including murder. With what sort of people are we dealing in our story? Lieutenant, what am I getting out of here? Now, Mr. Raglin,
1: while you were in that store, you did have an opportunity to either doctor or... uh, Yes. What are you, what are you talking, talking about? The owner of the store left you alone for several minutes while he went next door to see if he could get a delivery boy. Listen, Lieutenant, you've got to believe me. Now, you'd have been in the clear to tamper with that bottle. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm innocent. Now, look, Mr. Raglan, you gave me a lead. I followed it. But you're in just as deep as ever. I didn't poison the cognac. Well, if you didn't poison the cognac, who did? I don't know. Why did I Now, you've said that before. Why would he want to kill his wife? Because. Yes? Because she was too good for him. In what way? In every way. She was delicate and aesthetic, and he was kind of vulgar. Her. And that would motivate him to kill her? That. And Marguerite. Marguerite? The maid. Oh. What about her? Hey, you seen it. Good looking. Sexy. Oh. I see. And Martindale was having an affair with her? How did you know? Well, that's what you're trying to say, isn't it? Well, it's true. Cool. Everybody knows. Who's everybody? All of his findings, her findings. Yes, sir. Well, that's not good enough. Would they be willing to swear to that in a court of law? Well, you know, uh, these things that everyone knows usually come apart on the witness stand on the roof. But it's cool. All you have to do is look at them. Listen to the tone of their voices when they talk to each other. Why didn't Emmett Martindale divorce his wife and marry the maid? Oh, a gentleman doesn't do that. Besides, in her poor, deluded way, Emma was madly in love with him. She wouldn't let him go. And that's why he took the opportunity to get rid of her. (sighs) Yes, Mr. Radley. You don't believe, well, should I believe you? In this country, a man is supposed to be innocent until he's proved you given the chance to prove your innocence in court, Mr. Racklin. I don't have any that. Some chance. The state has unlimited resources, money, money manpower, experts. What have I got? on ah, look, Mr. Racklin. I don't create the setup. I just work for it. Now let's go back to the beginning. You and Martindale were on the out. Why? We couldn't agree on anything. Mostly on how the business should be run. You see, he's tight. He's the stingiest human being in existence. He won't spend a dime on anything. I believe you have to spend it to make it. We fight each other constantly. Well, finally I decided we'd have to find a middle ground. It was his birthday, and I took the occasion to send him a very expensive present. Why? Why not take him to 10 or 15 dollars? I don't know. Uh, are you in the habit of getting people expensive gifts? Uh, no. Wasn't there a lot of defiance in this particular present? Hostility? Wasn't it your way of saying, see how generous I am and how cheap you are? Zoe, so, maybe that's true. Then wouldn't you say the basic purpose of the gift was not to wish him well, but to irritate him? Oh, please. What yeah. if you're right? What if I did it to you? Outrageous, shriveled, miserly, stingy soul. I hated him for being mean and grasping. But that doesn't prove I wanted to kill him. Ah, <laughs> uh, let me see. Let me try another dozen of those clams oregano I've got, huh? Can you be watching your dad, Lieutenant? No clams on that wait. That's what it's supposed to have a lot of cholesterol. Well, oh, still and all, I uh, can't think unless I eat. What do you get to think about it? Oh, nothing, nothing so simple can happen to me. It never has. But uh, noon today, a uh, Mrs. Emma Martindale drinks from a bottle of expensive cognac which a guy named James Raglan sends to her husband as a birthday gift, you see? And she kills over see? The booze the spikes, with poison. James Radlin was to kill husband, and someone went wrong. Now, seven hours later, we have Mister James Radlin in the cell. He'll be charged. The DA is satisfied. He has enough to ask for an indictment. But I'm thinking, yeah, it can't be this easy. It can't be this open and shut. There's something about this case that I I just can't seem to get hold of. What's that? I don't know. I don't know, sir. Okay. Listen, uh, if uh, do you have any more of that key line, cry, I'm going to talk to you, D.A. Why don't you leave just well enough alone? I haven't had a chance to thank you yet, Lieutenant Cooper. You've worked quickly and efficiently. You've gotten these statements from all the witnesses. I don't see how a jury can come up with anything but a verdict of guilty in the first degree. Well, Mr. D.A., that's exactly what I wanted to talk to you about. You see, I, I am not sure that James Ragland is guilty. What's that? Well, I, uh... With all the evidence, I, uh... Mr. Puntin, I'm just not sure. Why? I don't know why. What are you trying to tell? Well, I know, I know. The case looks ironclad, but I think there's a weak scene somewhere and the whole thing can come apart. hmm Well, there has to be a reason for the way you see what is it? Well, that's it. I don't know. Well, maybe I do. It's just that I can't believe James Ragnar is guilty. Why? Well, I know how this sounds, but I don't think he's a type. I see. It's one of those reasons. Look, Lieutenant, we've both been around a while. It happens every now and then you get someone who you can't believe can be guilty. get the hut. Maybe. It bothers Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. And this one does bother me. But we've got him. We've got him cold, Cooper. You know me. I'm not running for governor. It's as much a job to prove a man innocent as guilty. But James Radley is 100% guilty. Well, it's too selfishly. Ever ask yourself why every now and then somebody bothers you? Because guys like us, we always have it on our conscience that we may be railroading an innocent person. I understand, but not him. Yeah, yeah, but I still want to poke around, see if I can come up with something. Okay, since it bothers you. I'd be glad to help in any way I can with any your full name is Marguerite Willis. How long have you worked for the Martindale? Uh, eight years. Oh, that's a long time. What was your relationship with the family? My relationship? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm well-treated. That's I am a servant. Yeah. But you think there were rumors that your relationship with Mr. Martindale is... Uh, it's another level. Oh, do you always hear rumors like that? If there's a woman servant in the house and if her face doesn't stop clock, people always assume some hanky-panky to the husband. Oh, it's automatic. Oh, those rumors don't bother me. Yeah, well, it's a question that has to be asked. Oh, uh, I understand. And uh, it's a line of investigation that has to be
0: followed. Well, go ahead. You will find anything. The truth is, Mr. Martindale doesn't like
1: women. That is, he has no romantic inclinations in that direction. If, if you know what I mean. No, I'm not sure I do. Well, he's completely involved with his work. He brings it home every night. Uh-huh. How, how did uh, he behave, his wife? Oh, like a gentleman. Did they get along? Very well. Did they ever fight? They can't. Has somebody been talking to you? Hmm. Oh, many people talk to me. Well, I'm in a very peculiar position here. Because of my job, I know certain things I have no right to discuss. But I have an idea someone is slandering, Mr. Martindale. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you have an idea who that someone is, assuming it is slander. Well, this conflict between Mr. Martindale and Mr. it's well, it wasn't only because they couldn't agree on how to run the business. Oh, uh, but what I'm about to say isn't going to help him. But my loyalty has to be to my employers. He was in love with Mrs. Martindale, James Raglan was. Yes. He knew her before Mr. Martindale did. I even think they were engaged. Then he introduced her to Mister. Martindale, and the next thing everyone knew, Mister. Martindale and Emma were married. I see. And uh, Mister. Raglan never makes? Him no, him. I guess not. Mister. Raglan would come here to see her regularly. I remember. It was always the same conversation. Darling, darling, Emma, darling. <laughs> you made a mistake. Admit it. You don't love
0: him. Mm-hmm. I do love him.
1: That isn't you, Sandra. It's your pride. If you make a mistake, you don't have to pay for it for the rest of your life. Just walk away from it. No. Look at what he does to you. What does he do to me? He neglects you. He abuses you. he's my husband. You didn't know what you were doing. Jim, please, don't. First of all, he's... <laughs> now, listen... He's 50. And you might marry a nephew. Look at yourself. You, you, you've been wearing that same dress for three years. Oh, a man's a millionaire. You're starving to death, isn't he? Oh, no, I would hardly say
0: that I'm yeah, I starving. I know your
1: soul is starving. Your spirit. You've become dowdy. Uh. You haven't written a line of poetry since your marriage. No one sees you anymore. I'm happy. I could kill him. Then you wouldn't dare. One day, I will. You said that? I could kill him? One day, I will? Yes, Lieutenant. Well, thank you. You've been very helpful. Marjorie, you can't leave light burning when you're not at... Oh. Oh, okay. it's The police lieutenant. Yes, I was just leaving, Mr. Martindale. Miss Willis has given me all the information I need.
0: Goodbye. He done? Yes. Are I can
1: see him through the window. He's getting into his car. Now he's driving off. Come over here, Angel. What did you buy me, baby? First, you come over here and give me a great big kiss.
0: And so the second act curtain descends, as it should, on a torrid embrace. What are we going to do with all these people? Practically every one of them seems to be telling a lie. Well, maybe the lies will cancel out. And we'll be left with the truth. Maybe the truths will cancel out and we'll be left with a lie. Nothing will happen until I return shortly with Act 3. (laughs) Mrs. Emma Martindale was killed when she drank some poison cognac. This much is definite. The rest is all loose ends. We really don't know for a fact who put the poison into the bottle. Nor do we know if Mrs. Martindale was the intended victim. Our knowledge is exceeded by ignorance, which, however, can be said of everyone, everywhere. You lied to me, James Ratlin. You never told
1: me you were once engaged in Martindale. Well, we once, Really engaged, Lieutenant. Now you never said you were in love with her, that you hated Martindale for taking her from you. Not really. When you withhold vital information deliberately, that's the same as lying. Now, do you deny saying to Emma I could kill him? I didn't you also say one day I will kill him? Well, I, I I may have said something like that. I I didn't mean it that way. Well, then why did you say it? Because a man gets mad, gets drunk. And there's a lot of things he does mean. I know it looks bad. You don't know how, bad. But I'm innocent, no matter what. Okay, I should have told you about the way things were between them and me. It was a mistake. But I was scared. You can't quit on me you have to help me. Now, I went to the D.A. I stuck my neck out for you, and all the time you were holding out on me. I told you, I was now, a about at Now, that's the end of the line. I'm getting off this train because it just isn't going anywhere. I <sighs> don't <sighs> have the steak or the fish? Hey, give me both. Potatoes, the salad, and, uh, You got garlic bread? <sighs> Let's see, he's you, Savior really go some pleasure. Oh, Gus, Gus, I have some heavy thinking to do. About what? About this same Ragling guy. He's still here you still feel he didn't do it? Now, oh, believe me, Gus, I, I'd like it if he did it, but the package is still too neat. Even though he's been lying to you? Yep. Even though he's got the motors? That's the trouble. He's got everything. Everything. Oh, you ain't gonna enjoy your dinner. I know, I know. It's gonna fall into place for everything. What do you mean? It's all running around in my head, Gus. I just wish something would happen to make it stand still for a minute, so I could sort it out. Give it time. Look, I'll start with the salad. Okay. What did you say? I said okay. No, 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 no. You said give it time. Time, time. Do you realize, Gus? But this whole thing is based on time, timing, for crying out loud. It's been right out there in front of me all along. Now, Doc, how long did you say it took for her to die after she swallowed that poison? That's all in the report, Lieutenant. Just a couple of minutes, I see. Okay, she swallowed the drink. In a couple of minutes, she's dead, right? Now they call the ambulance immediately. Oh, that's a report. Says. Yes, and it also says the request was made at 12 noon. It arrived six minutes later at 12.06. You yeah, have to admit that great time. Yeah, but don't you see, the question is, when did she drink it? <laughs> Mr. Barnaby, how many bottles of Dustin's Cognac do you keep in stock? Are you kidding at that price? I just kept the one. And there's no way anyone could have sneaked in here and replaced the bottle of Gunston's you yeah. had with one that had been poisoned, huh? In the first place, I got a special protection system, see? Uh-huh. And there's only one key to the store. I never let go of it. And besides, there's the burglar alarm. All right. Now, Dave Racklin came in yesterday to buy the cognac, huh? Yeah, I, I told you all that. Yeah. Now, this was just before 11 o'clock. He bought the kayak and you gift-wrapped it. Look, I'm prepared to testify to that effect in court. He wanted immediate delivery. So I went next door to see if the grocery delivery boy was around. All right. All right. Now, answer this. Where was your delivery boy? Well, it turns out he had a little accident on his motorbike on the way downtown. I see. In the normal way, would he have been here in the morning? Oh, sure. It's his job. Yeah. Now when Mr. Raglan bought the cognac, he assumed you could deliver it at once. Yeah, oh yeah, yes, yeah. all right. Now he would have no way of knowing your delivery boy was unavailable. Even I didn't know that. Now, the bottle on the shelf had to be good. You're not kidding, so then, If your boy had been here, he would have taken the bottle and gone to deliver it, and there'd be no way for Raglan to tamper with it, right? He couldn't have planned to use this method to commit murder. I'm glad to hear you say that, Lieutenant. All right. Now, one further question. Yeah? This bottle. Uh, uh, examine uh, it, please. Uh, is this the bottle that you sold to Mr. Ragland? Yes, sir. It's got the Dunstan's label, see? Uh-huh. And on the bottom, it's got my own sticker. Barnaby, So they said. Examine it very carefully. Now, this is the bottle that contains the poisoned cognac, Mrs. Martindale, Grant. Is it the same bottle you delivered? Oh, yes. Yes, Mr. Dean, look. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Oh, well, hold a second now. Now, this is the wrong bottle. Why? There was never any Dunstan Cognac in this bottle. Why not? Well, look, it, it may look like a bottle of Dungeons, but Dunstan's doesn't use this particular bottle. Here. Here, look at the bottle. Mm. And you see the little raised letters here? It says K.R. Yeah. that stands for Queeby. Uh-huh. It's another distillery. They, they don't even make Cognac. Then this uh, can't be the bottle you delivered to the Martindale house, huh? No way. But the switch had to be made somewhere. This is not the same bottle you sold Raglan. Hello, this is Lieutenant Cooper speaking. Sergeant, you got a call earlier to send an ambulance to a Mrs. Martindale. The record says noon. I want you to check that book of yours. Make sure it wasn't about a quarter after 11. Oh, I see. I see. What's the first call you took when you came on at 12? Thank you, Harvey. Emma, baby, I need some money. But I gave you money yesterday. It's gone. Gone? Yesterday is gone, too. But you just can't go around spending money as if it's... That's what
0: money's for.
1: you're just going to have to learn. Money has to be saved. Protected against waste. The waste, here, Amanda? Emma was quite prudent where money was concerned. Petey, if you want to make me into another Emma, why did you get rid of her in the first place? You must never say that, even when we're alone. Oh, the only things we should say to each other when we're alone is, I love you. Mm. Now, I should go shopping. Marguerite, I see I shall have to teach you some basic facts of economics. You're not going to teach me anything. I'm going to teach you. Well, it seems to me you're forgetting who you are. I... I could fire you on the spot. And I could walk out of here and report to the nearest police station. What are you talking about? I'm talking about a bottle of Gunsley Cognac. And everything that happened to it from the moment I took it from the delivery man to the moment Emma drank it. Well, you wouldn't. I mean, after all... who's that? Who it is. Well, I can see who it is from here out the window. That Detective... That's his car. The curb. What can you see down here? Probably more routine. But he was just here up. You are with the dog. Don't start looking nervous. suppose he suspects. What can he suspect? How can he suspect? Answer the door. I have to see him. <laughs> yes, Lieutenant. What can I do for you? I'm finishing my report. I want to be sure I have everything. Great. Miss Willis, you answered the door when a Mr. Barnaby was here to deliver some liquor. Well, I don't know if his name was Mr. Barnaby. And you accepted a gift-wrapped package. You brought it in here, and you, sir, opened the package and summoned Mrs. Martindale. You uncorked the bottle, poured a drink for her, and a drink for yourself. Yes. Ah. Now, immediately, she became fatally ill. You had Miss Willis here call for an ambulance. I believe I've already made a statement, that I was saying. Now, Miss Willis... After Mr. Martindale asked you to summon an ambulance, how long did it take you to do so? Oh, no time at all. I heard him shout, I lifted the phone, I dialed the police emergency number, and I was connected in, oh, maybe five, ten seconds. To sum up then, Miss Willis, how long was it from the time you accepted the package from the delivery man to the time Mrs. Martindale took that fatal grip?
0: How long?
1: Yes. Well, it, it couldn't have been more than five minutes. It might have been less. You see, it, it all happened so quickly. Yes, well, we agreed then on five minutes. Now, Mr. Barnaby says he delivered that package to you at about ten minutes after 11. Five minutes after the delivery, you placed the call for an ambulance. Well, hasn't that been abundantly clear by this time, Lieutenant? Yeah, well, unfortunately, it poses a problem. What sort of problem? Well, somehow we have lost or mislaid forty-five minutes. What do you mean? Well, we can't account for the forty-five minutes that elapsed between the time you say Mrs. Martindale drank the cognac and the time you say you called the ambulance. But I, I called the ambulance immediately. Yeah, but you didn't call for it at eleven fifteen. You see, the police records show that the call came in exactly at twelve noon. Well, we we may have been mistaken as to the time. Yeah, well, unfortunately, we can prove the cognac was delivered at about ten after eleven. And you are already on record as having said you opened it, and Mrs. Martindale drank it five minutes later. Well, we... I, I, I was confused, that that nervous. We didn't get to open the cognac until five minutes to noon. There. Oh, so, uh... You're changing your story, then? Well, it's my right upon sober consideration. Yeah, but and that you... means that Miss Willis will also have to change her story. Well, of course. Are you changing your story, Miss Willis? M- Marjorie, you just tell him we were mistaken. Now, before you answer, Miss Willis, let me account for the discrepancy in time. There was no discrepancy. Now, the package is delivered. You see the note, Mr. Dale. It says to Emmett, on your birthday, to be shipped slowly, signed Jim Radcliffe. Now, you say to yourself, what a way to get rid of Jim and my wife at the same time. No, just a minute. So, you go to your laboratory, you get some hydrocyanic acid. This is all... Now, now, the thing to do is to pour some hydrocyanic acid into the bottle of Dunstan's Cognac and then reseal it. Now, ah, but you're basically a stingy man. Why ruin the exceptional Cognac, huh? So you remove the Dunstan's label and the liquor store sticker and you fix them onto a cheap bottle of whiskey. Oh, see, now, see, you a definition. work very carefully. Take nearly 45 minutes. And then you call your wife, play the little charade with her, get her to drink the poison liquor, and have Miss Willis phone for the ambulance. This brings us to 12 noon. And now, the times are reconciled. Are you daring now to charge you? offer me a drink. Dunstan. It should be right here in the liquor cabinet. Oh, you have no right to dissolve in my liquor cabinet. Now this bottle here... Without a label. Now, if you look at some raised letters on the bottom of the bottle? You see? Little raised letters spelling Dunstan. Well, Miss Willis? Marguerite, he can't believe What does he offer you? Twenty years to life, even the chair. Marguerite, he's bluffing. He does have money, but will he be more generous with you than he was with his wife? Marguerite, he gives nothing away, even when it costs him nothing. Now, that bottle of dumpsters. Had he not wasted precious time, had he just poured the poison into it, he would have been in the clear, but no, he's so cheap. He wouldn't even use good whiskey to poison his wife. So now he has to pay the price. Why should you? Mother, well, don't you see what he's doing? Hey,
0: Lieutenant, he... he something to kill me. <laughs> that said, the cheapest way will always cost more in the end. At any rate, the jury felt that Marguerite was a helpless tool, though so she'll be released shortly, after a short stay in jail. Emmett will never be released. He has a lifetime career in the prison library. He also teaches chemistry in the prison school. So, at least our story has some redeeming social value. And I shall return with even more values. The art of perception. To see suddenly a multitude of possibilities in what is on the surface only a confused mass, and to examine a single drop of water and divine therein the scheme of the universe. Opportunity of all kinds surrounds us constantly for good, for evil, and for seven times each week to listen to this program. Our cast included Larry Haynes, Leon Johnny, Court Benson, Sam Gray, and Joan Shea. The entire production is under the direction of Hyman Brown. Radio Mystery Theater was sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division and Anheuser-Busch Incorporated. brewers is a Budweiser. This is E.G. Marshall inviting you to return to our Mystery Theater for another adventure in the macabre. Until next time, Pleasure... Oh.